Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. And listen, no matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please, please drink responsibly. And those are captain's orders. And now, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. All right, welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Huge day here in L.A., huge day. Biggest free agent signing in the city's history. And you know what, though? I'm going to be different from every Ringer podcast this week. I'm not even going to mention the guy's name. I'm not going to say a word about it. Here's what I'll say. From gambling perspective, the Lakers are now expected to win 52 and a half games. They're 7-2 and odds to win the title. But that's it. That's all I want to talk about with regards to the big free agent signing. Let the other podcasts handle it. We have baseball to discuss. We have soccer. My recent hatred for soccer in the World Cup. We have a big UFC card this weekend. We have Wimbledon. And we're going to discuss it all with my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, and Darren the Parlay Kid. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Sal, what's what's happening? What's going on, buddy? Oh, lots, lots, lots. Yeah, this is supposed to be the slow time of the uh, betting season. Um, I took last week off. I saw two-thirds of a de- degenerate trifecta. I saw Brother Bry and Darren, the parlay kid. Harry is just on tour with his girlfriend. I he went to Austin. Where'd you go? Boston. You're, you're traveling more than Daughtry this summer, right? Austin and Boston. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you took care of all Just the, got back about a half an hour ago. All the rhyming cities. But I saw Brother Bry and Darren the Parley Kid. We had a nice time. I took the family to a Mets Pirates game. I figured they uh, made me sit through hell with the SpongeBob the musical. And uh, I paid them back by having them suffer at City Field. Mets Pirates. <laughs> we had a lead in the ninth. We got seven strong from Wheeler. And I uh, got a good eighth out of uh, Peterman. And then... Familia steps in the ninth with a two-run lead, and they blow it. They blew it, and it rained all over us. And Familia, mm. parlay kid, Familia is, I mean, he might as well be a, a knuckle, knuckleball pitcher at this point because he gets ahead 0-2 on these hitters, and it does him no good. I mean, the Yankees wouldn't take yeah, him as a, a seventh-inning guy, now? right? Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. No, we don't want any part of him. We don't want any part of him. Oh. No, subjecting your kids to be, be Mets fans, that's like, is that a form of child abuse these days? Really? It's, yeah. Uh, that's a terrible thing he did to them. It terrible. might be. It might be. And and what's worse is uh, my little one, uh, Harrison's four years old. His favorite player is 52, is Cespedes. But he calls him 52 because he can't say Cespedes. No four-year-old <laughs> yeah. can. So he loves 52. And he loves Thor because he's a big Marvel uh, fan. So Syndergaard, Thor, he got the whole thing going. So now I have to explain to him that why he's not going to see them on the field at all. I have to tell him that they got sick at the last minute. Um, Cespedes has been sick with the same uh, thigh injury for like seven weeks, a strained thigh. He can't, he doesn't, can't bring himself to play and Thor as a, a, you know, his whole hand and everything. But anyway, he didn't see them. So the only thing he wants to see is this stupid apple move up. And that only happens when the Mets hit a home run or after the game, if they win, he hasn't seen it before, but he's seen it on YouTube. They have big apple, the big apple videos, the apple going up in center field. 
So my wife takes him to uh, the bathroom in the um, like sixth inning, I think, fifth or sixth inning. I was like, all right, just hurry back. And then she's like, well, why? It's like, well, the Mets are batting, but you know, it's uh, it's like Flores and eh, all right, yeah, you can take him. It's not gonna be a problem. Uh, what do you know? Flores hits a home run. The kid's away in the bathroom, and uh, and uh, he doesn't see the apple, and he doesn't see Mister Met, and then he comes back and he's all upset. And I was like, all right, well, at least he'll hold on to this lead, and he'll see the apple at the end of the game. No. Not the case. Not meant to be. Wait, <laughs> wasted trip to City Field. But anyway, um, you guys did a nice job. Simmons, Bill Simmons hosted for me last week. Uh, the kid's down on his luck. I like giving him a chance to shine. And he, he did a nice job with you guys. You held your own. And something came up, Harry. Um, something came up with the parlay kid and you. Now, this happened. Parlay kid, what happened? Harry gave you a bet. It was a soccer bet last week. All right. So, yeah. So, Right. Harry suggested a bet, you know, like this is going to win type of thing. Tells me to jump on it. It loses. And then the next day I find out that Harry never took his own bet that he advised me to take. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of what happened. And Harry, this yeah. is well, something, it's not kind of it is what it's exactly what happened. Is Harry, this is something you've done for many, many years, right? I mean, you do it. You, you were a clerk <laughs> at uh, you were a clerk at in this. What was it? In the Red Rock and you would give tips. That makes sense if people ask you for tips, but now, now you just do it with your friends, right? Well, true, but I over and over I've done it. Yes, that is correct, and I did it <laughs> when I was working as a uh, as a writer, clerk, even supervisor at Red Rock too, where I would give out picks, and I'm not betting them myself; I'm giving them out, so maybe I get a little, uh, you know, I get hot, I get a little off to the side action, you know. There you go. All right, there you go, Parlay Kid. He just was asking. I was, uh, I was hoping a little bit for the parlay kid too but in fairness to me that i've done it i did do it twice to the parlay kid in the past week i will say that the yeah. first time was because of a rain out so you know then that didn't want to have it just a straight bet on one game when it's a two-teamer so and i also told parlay kid i would keep him updated with what i'm going to go with i never sent him anything so i didn't tell him i was going to bet it actually but he just went ahead and bet it anyway so i see sort of fairness to all me. right I don't know how that's fair to see you. I don't know. Sort of dirty Harry them a little bit. Well, so you, all right. Thanks for, (laughs) thanks for giving us the punchline here, Harry. But so what happened is, uh, Bill Simmons asked for suggestions as to what, as to what to call this when a friend or somebody, um, recommends a bet and then doesn't take it uh, his or herself. And then it ends up losing. And we had some nice, uh, nice suggestions online. Tyson Mallory said it's, uh, it should be called duking, like in trading places. Um, when the Dukes made a bet, a uh, dollar bet that Eddie Murphy couldn't, they, they couldn't rehabilitate him into a, a big uh, Wall Street mogul, but yeah. they did. But I don't know. That's missing a little something. I don't, I, I like, I like the idea of duking, but that, that doesn't uh, tell the whole story. James Lee called it a bait and ditch. I kind of like that. That's pretty good. That's, uh, that's what you're doing. You're baiting and ditching a little there, Harry. And, uh, and in writing terms at Jimmy Kimmel Live, if someone pitches an idea and it's going to be hard to uh to to go through with this idea and they have someone over they, they make an excuse and need another writer to oversee it we call that a pitch and ditch so that's uh that could be good too but the best as harry told us from jamie egan called this a dirty harry brother brian you like dirty harry right <laughs> oh it's fantastic i mean yeah. like like you said before he does this all the time yeah. he actually sent me a text the other day saying forty dollars on this to win like 200 and then i say oh you took that bet like like eight hours later, and he says no. So right. I, I I don't get it. Right, that's what he does. So the first official, since we're going to deem this a dirty Harry, the first official dirty Harry 
came from none other than Bill Simmons himself. Here's what he gives us. He gives us a big Red Sox-Yankees parlay series bet. Uh, and we didn't know the odds at the time, but he liked Sunday. He liked Severino over... He, he liked to bet against uh, Price more than anything. He liked the, the Yankees over the right. Red Sox Sunday. Saturday, he went sale over the Yankees. It was a Sunday great pitching Saturday. That that hit. Yep, yep. And then Friday, I don't know why he picked Friday, but Friday he said it would go over nine and a half. And he didn't take it, but Harry and Brother Bry, you did take it. And what was the final? 8-1? Yep, 8-1. Yeah. Yeah. Very upsetting. Come uh, on, I thought Bill. he was definitely all over that to find out he didn't take it. Ugh. By a half a run, he <laughs> lost that parlay. He, he, he dirty harried all of you guys and, uh, and, and into a losing weekend. <laughs> but... um. Listen, that's how it goes. I want to uh, promote our NFFC appearance. And if you don't know what NFFC stands for, shame on you. National Fantasy Football Convention. It's in Dallas. It's actually in Fort Worth, July 13th to the 15th. I'll be there with uh, the Parley Kid, Brother Bry and Harry. Tate's going to join us. And we're going to be recording podcasts on Saturday, July 14th, all day. Now, here's what it is. It's 200 NFL players on hand. It was a huge thing last year, and that was the first year. It's supposed to have over 200 uh, current and, and former NFL players. I'm going to be hosting something with Matthew Berry. I think we're doing like a mock draft. And then all day Saturday, uh, the Parlay Kid and I and Brother Brian, Harry, and Tate are going to be recording podcasts with these uh, current and former players. Harry, you are not bringing your girlfriend, right? This is a big move. I could. You could? <laughs> You think that's I a good won't, idea? But I could. I know you could. Anyone I could. Know, I, th- I thought I was going to leave. I, I, I thought Harley Kid wants to meet her, but uh, I think it'll just be the guys this time. Okay. Well, yeah. you know what? We'll FaceTime. Let's do a guys thing. But anyway, this is going to be a great thing. It's at the Fan Expo Hall, and I'm going to give away nine tickets right now in, the great, in honor of the great Tony Romo. I'm giving away nine tickets to this event. And please do me a favor. Don't, if you're not going to be in the Dallas Fort Worth area, don't screw around. I want to give nine tickets to people who are actually going to be there. And here's what you have to do in honor of number nine, the greatest quarterback in Cowboys history. Write me a little essay, one or two sentences long at cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. Uh, tell me why he's the greatest quarterback in Cowboys history. And uh, I'll give you a ticket. I'll give you two tickets. Somehow we'll get to the number nine at the national fantasy football convention. We'll be there Fort Worth. July 14th. You're going to be recording podcasts. That's going to be fun. We had good parlay kid. Who was there last year we hung out with? Oh, geez. I mean, you had uh, a lot of Cowboys, Zeke Elliott mm-hmm. uh, to start with one, as one. Uh, so old timers like Drew Pearson was there. Uh, Johnny Manziel made an appearance. Uh, Austin uh, Miles made yeah. an appearance. Well, Miles, Miles Owens was there. Terrell Owens was there. Terrell Owens, I'm actually just going by, my, my, I took my kids last year. Yeah. They literally got pictures with about 40 to 50 different players. Yeah. Autographs. Uh, Andy Albert uh, yes. does an incredible job with, uh, with the NFFC. Yep. And uh, well, I'm looking forward to it again this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be, be a awesome. lot of fun. Yes. And like I yeah. said, I'll be on a panel with Matthew Berry. If you want to hear from someone who came in, what did I come in? Second and third in both my fantasy leagues. I know I'm in like seven, but I'll uh, I'll just mention the ones I did well. And uh, <laughs> I will, uh, I'll, I'll give you advice. I don't know what I could tell you. But yes, come by and say hi. We'll be recording podcasts all day on the 14th. We'll have a big banner in case you uh, don't recognize us. Um, just come stop by and say hi. 
I'll give away tickets. Cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. Tell me why Tony Romo is greatest in Cowboys history. All right, let's hear from Blue Apron. And then we'll be back to talk about soccer and baseball and UFC. All right, it's time to talk about Blue Apron. Listen, with fresh, non-GMO ingredients and chef-designed seasonable recipes delivered to your door, Blue Apron lets you see the power of what food can do. Better yet, Blue Apron is completely flexible. You can choose from two, three, even four weekly recipes based on what fits your schedule. Now, in honor of summer, Blue Apron is offering delicious meals that are great on the grill, like honey chipotle glazed chicken with poblano and lime rice. Add smoky depth to your dinner while enjoying the warm weather. My wife loves Blue Apron. She goes to her friend's house to eat the Blue Apron meals uh, and neglects cooking for her own family. That's how good Blue Apron is. Check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free at blueapron.com slash odds. That's blueapron.com slash odds to get your first three meals free. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, let's talk World Cup. We're recording this on a Monday afternoon. Um, there's two more Sweet 16 games. I don't know what they call it. I don't care what they call it. Anyway, two more games after tomorrow. It'll be down to eight. And then, uh, thankfully, there's only a few more games. I- I'm-, I'm down on soccer. And we're, we're going to talk about Brother Bry's big 2 nothing Belgium r- ridiculous win. Down 2 nothing. Belgium comes back and wins in regulation which is freaking huge, but we're going to talk about that in a second. But first of all, I, I can't, I can't win. I can't win on soccer. And I should have known like Belgium, Brazil is good to <laughs> just in regulation is going to win after yesterday's debacle with uh, Spain. I, I, I had Germany to advance. All right. I didn't have them to come in fourth in the, in the freaking group, which would have been 25 to one should have been 250 to one. I had them to advance. They lose to who they lose to. Harry, South Korea, I think it wouldn't have mattered South anyway. Korea. South Korea, they got smoked by South Korea. Okay, I could deal with that. I couldn't deal with the Spain loss over Russia. I can't do it. And here's why. And God bless you if yeah. you love soccer. But Spain, possession, 74% to 26%. Okay, whatever. It's not all possession. Nine shots on goal to one shot for Russia. 25 shots to six overall. And... By the way, with all that, they were lucky to even score. They, they, they had an own goal. Russia scored an own goal. Own goal. And you, you could see Putin in the luxury box mixing the poison. It's going to kill this guy who scored the own goal and his whole family. <laughs> it was going to be a big spec. Brian Gumble was about to talk about it. Everyone was very excited. But then Russia ties it and just a, a lucky, you know, hit off a hand. What was it? A, a Brother Bri, what was it? Like a corner kick or something? I don't even know anymore. Yeah, well, it, that one that one guy just jumped up with his arm up, so they got the penalty kick. Yeah, they got so. the penalty kick, and the best yeah. part is the the acting yeah. is the best. So it obviously hit this uh, the Spanish kid in the hands, and he's like, "Oh no, 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 it didn't." <laughs> Except they review all of these, you dope. So stop going crazy about it not hitting your hands. It hit his hands. They make it one one. Spain over six hundred more passes than Russia. Um, it goes to it goes to uh, penalty kicks and and Russia wins and Paulie Kid, you're not happy with the Spanish goalie, right? Oh my gosh! So I, you have to ask Brian. Brian sent us a stat about his save percentage yeah. in, in this tournament in this mm-hmm. World Cup so far. No, and of course, not like you. I mean, I had Belgium today, 
But I had Spain with them on a parlay, so oh. it was over anyway. So oh. unbelievable. But Brian, what was that stat you threw out there about the the Spain goalie? Like he literally made like one save the whole tournament. Yeah, or something four, incredible like that. In the four games, he gave up six goals, and saved one, and then gave up all the penalty kicks. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's and the fantastic. Russia game. So he had one save in four games. So we could have all done. Wow. That. Uh, yeah. Come on. That is that is that is terrible. I don't know. That guy can't go back to Spain. Maybe I'm being a little bitch about this soccer thing because I was skeptical going in. <laughs> uh, maybe I am, but I'm I'm trying to figure this out because let's say if we dropped a citizen from Reykjavik into the United States and we showed him the Celtics performance in Game 7 of the uh, Eastern Conference Finals or the Rockets' performance in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals or the Steelers' first-half offensive debacle in the first half against the Jaguars in the playoff game or uh, Virginia right. Virginia against uh, sure. losing by 20. All right, th- those are all that they shouldn't happen and the team didn't show up. They were terrible and for whatever reason they lost in a big way. But this to me, I think is different because Spain did everything they could to win the game and they couldn't score a goal. And that's got to be frustrating to these, these soccer purists. You could pretend that this, Oh, that's it. That's just how the game goes. But really, you you don't want the best team advancing. That's, that's really it. Harry, do you have a problem with this or is this just me being crazy? No, I think actually, I mean, look, even, even when it got to the shootout, Spain didn't look like they hit knew what they were, Look at the reaction of them when they missed the when they missed the first one. Like mm-hmm. it set it set the uh, tempo for the rest of the, uh, the shootout, where it just gave uh, Russia the confidence to go ahead and finish and get it done. I mean, Spain didn't even look like know where they were going to go with the kicks. I mean, also by the way, just throw in also. I mean, the Croatia Denmark game. Throw in that game where if you had the over two and a half, you got two goals in four and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. First four and a half minutes, you've got two goals. You never would have gotten that, and you still lose. I think the bottom line for yep, gamblers, over two and a half goals. for soccer gamblers, is you're you're very lucky if you win, and you're very unlucky if you lose. And brother Bry, you were very lucky to you reached very deep inside your asshole to pull out Belgium in regulation, down two nothing. I don't think a team's ever um, any organized soccer game a team's ever come down up <laughs> one from, from two goals down in the second half. And uh, well, it's amazing. It's amazing how teams can score when they need to score, though. Yeah. That's the funny thing. But right. yeah, down two nothing with like sixty, you know, in the sixtieth minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just figured. I figured that once they got the second goal, you figure at best, at best, Belgium can tie this. But I mean, the fact that they were heading into the, they were in that fourth minute of extra time, mm-hmm. and or injury time. They're in that fourth minute, and when that goalie passed that ball out, I was, I was standing up. About to go crazy, but I just assumed somebody was going to kick it away. But to get that goal there, to, to go up 3-2 there right at the end is, is, I mean, it really was amazing. I mean, I know we make fun of soccer a lot, but yeah. that that was as good as it gets. Well, I'll say, yes, it is as good as it gets, and that's the kind of game people should root for. And I don't care if you're, you were in the basement when your great-grandfather invented the game of soccer and came up with the idea that no one's using their hands except two players on the field. You, you have to appreciate that is a better game. Belgium against uh, against Japan is much better than any of these zero zero one nothing games. I'm, it doesn't matter. I, really, you're just lying to yourself. You need you need your head examined if you say right. any of these other games is better than that. Or when France beat uh, what was it Argentina the other day? I didn't see it, but four three. It seemed like it was exciting. I know, brother, Brian, you were listening on the radio. You didn't, said you commented that you couldn't even tell who was scoring, but it was exciting, right? 
Yeah, some of the names. I thought I thought I'd be able to tell more of the players' uh, names between the French and the Argentinians, but I struggled. I struggled. So when there was goals scored, I didn't even know who the hell was scoring, except right. when Mbappe was scoring. I, I knew France was scoring there, but anytime anybody else scored, I was I was out of the loop. Right. All right. Well, let's move on because we're not going to make picks unless one of you and I know Harry. You probably have a soccer pick as your best bet. Well, we'll get to that later in the podcast. But uh, r- right now, I think it's fair to say we don't really know what we're talking about in terms of gambling. I certainly don't. I had a little parlay today with the uh, because I've, I'm so dejected by all this, but I have to have something on it. And I had a parlay with uh, with Brazil to out ha- have bigger time of possession to win that time of possession battle over, um, who the hell did they play? Mexico. And it was 55-45 early in the second half. And then just like Mexico, they just, you know, it was dump and chase the whole rest of the time. And Mexico won the time possession. I can't catch a break with any of this soccer. But that's why we're going to talk about baseball. Now, people get mad because we're halfway through the season. We're officially halfway, over 80 games. And uh, we don't cover baseball enough. We don't. Um, Let me look at these World Series odds. Right now, the Astros... Or 15 to 4. What is that real good? Plus 375 to win the whole thing. They're 55 yep. and 31. Yankees. Brother Bry, Parley Kid, 4 to 1 odds. This is a mm. courtesy of Bovada. They're 54 right. and 27. Red Sox, 6 to 1, 56 and 29. Then you have the Cubs at 9 to 1. Uh, what is it? Oh, the Dodgers, 8 and a half to 1. I'm reading these a little out of order. Nationals, 9 to 1. My Mets sitting pretty at 350 to 1. I like that. Jump on that. <laughs> they opened at 35 to 1. <laughs> factor of 10. Um, but we're going to go over um, some of these things. I want to give best value for either a division odds or um, we have, uh, what do we have? We have MVP odds in both leagues. and we Playoff. Have playoff, Cy Young. World Series. Well, you just mentioned it. World Series, right. So um, let's start with, um, well, what do you want to start? Brother Brian, what do you want to, what do you want to do? What's, what's the best value for some of these odds? Yeah, so I like the odds of the Indians winning the pennant at plus 750 right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're they're under the radar. I mean, they've been 21 and 12 since May 26. I mean, they're they're just barely a notch, I still think below the Yankees, Red Sox and Astros, and it's really just been because their bullpen, their bullpen's been awful so far, but like I said, 21 and 12 since May 26. Kluber, Bauer and Clevenger have been really good. Lindor and Ramirez you know, we've been talking back and forth because I know you like Lindor uh, yeah. as MVP earlier in the year, but those two have been two of the best five players in the AL. Brantley and Encarnacion have also been putting up good numbers. Like I said, it's just really been their bullpen. And I know Andrew Miller should be coming back soon. You can easily make a trade in July or even pick up somebody in August, one or two pickups, or, or just a call-up that comes out of nowhere to, to shore mm-hmm. up the bullpen. So I think... I think something special maybe could happen for Cleveland. Like I said, flying under the radar there. They were, you know, last year the Yankees upset them, but I think I, I, I hate that the Yankees might actually play them in the first round because I think that it'll be a tough matchup for them again against their righty pitchers. But yeah. uh, I think plus 750, though, is just much better value than all the other three teams. You don't really get any value with the Yankees. That's, or at least the Yankees in Houston, you don't get any value. That's pretty good. Um yeah, nine games up on Detroit. That the rest of that division is miserable right now. Detroit's ten under. Yeah, uh, Twins are ten under. And then then it just gets pathetic. White Sox twenty five under, and yeah. Kansas City's one of the worst in, in the league, thirty three under. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, they're yeah. going to get. I mean, they could. Well, it looks like there's. They're still. It still looks like they'll get what the 
uh, the third seed. What does that mean, really? Yeah. Right. So then they would play. Well, Sal, can can I mention something sure. about that? I, I was thinking about this before too, and I've said this before, not on the podcast, but in just conversations with uh, some of you. I doesn't baseball like maybe a lot of these sports. Winning the division should get you into the playoffs. But how is it that the Yankees or Red Sox might win like 10 more games than a division winner like the Indians? Right. And they're going to have to play one of those teams. They're going to have to play a play in game Mm -hmm. just to really get into the final four. Why not just seed the five best teams with the five best records? And if you're the fourth and fifth bet, then you play that play in game. Like, doesn't that make more sense? I mean, the the bottom line is if the Indians win 90 games this year, 92 games, mm-hmm. why should they be a top three seed? I don't, I don't, I just don't understand that. They shouldn't automatically be in the top three. They literally might have the least wins out of the five teams that make the playoffs out of the American League this year. That could happen. Yeah, it's looking like it. And yeah. uh, it's, it's kind of unfair. And I know as a Yankee fan, it's kind of sour grapes maybe a little bit. But I've said this for years when it really you know, wasn't going to affect the Yankees. I really feel like that's the way it should be. It should be like that in football too. Well, maybe you wait because if, if it's the Red Sox who are coming second, it's a, it's a nice way to tease them and send them off. Right. You know, then they have to, win that <laughs> one game. but um, no, I know what you're saying. Exactly. The, the other way to look at it is look, when you go into a season, the, the goal is to win your division. Right. I mean, just to, just to right. come in first in your division and you can't fault the Indians for that. But mm. it does seem like they should have a lot more than 45 wins considering who they're playing. Uh, what is it, 18, 19 That's times exactly a year? exactly right. Look how bad the division is. Yeah. Exactly. Right. All right. Uh, Harry, what do you I like I took him under 94 and a half, by the way. You did? Okay. And, and yes, Brother Brian I brought up. I had under 94 and a half. What did we, we had, um, we gave out in the beginning of the year as, as um, good odds. What do we have? We had for, uh, sorry, I'm losing it already here. We had you had Jose Ramirez, right? Parlay kid for uh, MVP. Yeah, I've met, and I had Francisco Lindor. Yeah, MVP. And by the way, they're both having great years, and you can get you can get higher odds it, on them right now than you could in the beginning of the year. It's crazy. Right? Yeah, that is nuts. Let's go. Let's look at that right that now. Right, as long as I'm there, uh, MVP Mike Trout one to four odds. Uh, twenty four forty nine three thirteen. That doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. Look yeah. at Trout's numbers. Yeah. And J D Martinez's numbers. Right. They're they're almost identical, except for maybe the walks that Trout has. That's really it. Well, no, they're not. Uh, uh, Mar- and, and Martinez Trout's team is now a five hundred team. Martinez has like eighteen more RBIs, doesn't he? Doesn't he have like sixty seven RBIs? To uh, yeah. Trout's uh, yes, and his and his team is far more successful. Right. Far more successful. Uh, the, the, although, although the, like yeah. we we talked about it last year, that the the war or the wins above replacement yeah. is like kind of a, it's such a big factor in what they look yeah. at. And Trout, it, Trout is, I mean, he's not significantly ahead of Betts, mm-hmm. but I think they said Trout was at some point in time I, he still might be on pace. But at one point in time, he was on pace to break the record for the for the largest war. Well, which and, is, and the which is pretty crazy. the other thing, well, he has thirteen stolen bases, which some of these guys. I mean, Betts has right around there, and Altuve also. But the four fifty six on base percentage, yeah. I think, is that's where he's he's running away with this thing. He's just uh, he gets on every time, uh, every other time. It seems like that. Harry, what do you have for your best value bet in baseball at the halfway mark? Look, I'm telling you, don't sleep on Seattle at four to one to mm. win the AL West. It's great value for a team that is only a half game uh, out of their division, and the line is inflated based on you know the Astros being World Series champs, Seattle's 
six games better at home this year than Houston is. The mm-hmm. Mariners are 23 games over 500. The last time that occurred, I think I had hair on my head. I think. Whoa. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, is it that long, long ago? Time ago. Long mm. time ago. All right. You know, Segura came over from Arizona two years ago. He's batting three they They've got four players with 15 or more home runs in a pitcher's ballpark. And who knew the duo of Nelson Cruz and Mitch Hanniger would have more RBIs at this stage of the season than Judge and Stanton. Mm. That's pretty sick. Pretty sick that they have like 12, 13 RBIs more than those two. But the value is huge. At 4-1, to one, Mariners for the AL West, pretty good price. Let me go over some of the right. And you're right, they're only half game uh, behind the Astros, world champ Astros, who are minus 450 to win that division. Uh, the Indians, we mentioned, were minus 7,000 with a nine-game lead over the Twins to win their division. Uh, the Yankees, minus 220 over the Red Sox, plus 150. They're tied, uh, even though the Yankees have played 81 games and the Red Sox, somehow the Red Sox have played 85 right. games. They're cheating. Boston's cheating again, everybody. Somehow they played four more games already. And no one's no one's taken notice. Yeah, so the Yankees are minus 220. In the National League, this is the one. This is the one that gets me crazy. The Nationals are minus 110 to win the NL East. Six games out. Yeah. Six games out, Brother Bry. That's, you know, to make that up in the second half, you have to have a substantial two, three-week run uh, and, and gain on. And the Braves and the Phillies must have you know, must kind of play under 500 right. for that role, that uh, period, right? Yeah, and I think last year, though, I made this mistake last year, though. I did the same thing with Milwaukee and the Cubs last year. Like, Milwaukee had, had a four- or five-game lead, and as soon as I jumped on Milwaukee, the Cubs within two weeks were ahead of them. So right. I think when you look at their schedule, though, Atlanta, I do really like their team, but some of their pitchers suck. But yeah, when you look at the, the schedules, it, yeah. They have some tough teams coming up for the next few months, and Washington's schedule is pretty easy. So maybe maybe it's just as easy as that. Like Atlanta just has had an easy schedule maybe. so far. Phillies but are in the run too. Yeah, Phillies are there too. They have to go yeah. away. That, that's a weird thing. And uh, all right, brother Brian, yeah. what's your best bet? Oh, I gave you my best. Oh, you did. Already. See, you got to go to the parlay kid. <laughs> <laughs> Give me another one, brother Brian. You're the only one knows what he's talking about. No, uh, so let me let me just. Let me just finish out that uh, the divisions here. Cubs are minus 200, kind of like Brother Brian mentioned, same kind of thing. Brewers are half a game up on the Cubs, plus 170 to win that division. Cubs minus 200. And the Dodgers, two and a half back of Arizona, plus 125 to win the West. Parlay Kid, give us a best bet. And please don't make it a Yankee. What is it? It's the Yankees, Sal. Oh, it is. It's the Yankees. And, 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 you know, off the show, you know I've taken this bet. A couple weeks back, yeah. I got Severino from the Yankees at 10-1 to 1 to win the Cy Young. Mm-hmm. I still think at plus 260, you're getting very good value for Severino. I'm going to tell you the other two guys he's kind of matched up with. Verlander is still the favorite, but he's barely, he's barely the favorite here over Severino and Kluber. So Severino's 13-2, and two, mm-hmm. 1.98 ERA. Mm-hmm. 118 innings, 138 strikeouts, 0.95 whip. Yeah. The guy's a, the guy's not just a horse, he's a stallion, Sal. Those 99 miles an hour in inning eight. Mm-hmm. He's phenomenal. Hey, look, I love Kluber, I like Verlander, uh, but right now their numbers do not match up to Severino. As you just said, Yankees are 81 games in. They're exactly at the halfway point. 
He has 13 wins. Yeah. 13. Kluber's got 11. Verlander's got nine. Okay, and I know it's not always about the wins, but Severino's got a better ERA. His strikeouts are right up there with Verlander's. His whip is right there. His innings pitched are right there. Uh, right now at plus 260, I still think you can get good value uh, for Severino. I'm with you. I'm with you. If he could keep that ERA uh, under or around two and that whip under one and, and put up the, you know, the, the high strikeouts and what, what, what is he, even if he's like 19 and six or 19 and seven, uh, the, the rest of the way it finishes off. It's gotta be him. Uh, the guy, the guys you mentioned, Chris sales, maybe the other one plus three seventy five. sneak in there. Yeah. He's got four lights. Only eight and four, two forty one. Has a, he's a high strikeout yeah. guy, though. 164, I think he leads the pack yeah, there. Yeah, he's going to strike out 300 guys again or something like that, but right? Good, well, have you guys seen Blake Snell's numbers from Tampa, though? His numbers Very are underrated. Really, 33 yeah, to really one. good at 33 to 1. His numbers are really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's 11-4, like and 2.2 ERA. He's got like, given up like 60-something hits and has like 100. And, he, yep, he reminds right. me of a Garrett good Cole. Value right there. Reminds me of a Garrett Cole. Had similar numbers uh, with the Pirates a couple of years ago. And by the way, he's now... Uh, uh, one of the leaders for the Cy Young in the American League here. And then then he just kind of disappeared. But yeah, yeah, maybe uh, that's a good long shot. 33 to 1, Blake Snell. Uh, let's just go to National League real quick. Scherzer, 165 strikeouts, 10 and 4.85 whip is minus 600. I mean, that is, that's a monstrous number at the halfway point for anyone to win yeah. the Cy Young. That's monstrous. And poor Jacob DeGrom, 5 and 4, 102 whip, 184 ERA. Uh, Harry, I don't see Robbie Ray on this list anywhere for National League. <laughs> I don't see him, but guess what? Robbie Ray makes his return tonight oh. at the Diamondbacks, so maybe he can get hot. I All already right. think he made his return, Harry, didn't he? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, he just keeps returning. I mean, it's All not that traveling. Yeah, yeah. All that traveling, right? It's too much, Harry. <laughs> too much. Austin I think he had a great start his last time out, Harry, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, look into that. Well, yeah, he's your favorite p- pitcher, for God's sake. Oh, yeah, you yeah. should know. Um, the other thing, who's left? It's just me. Oh, I want to talk about uh, MVP, and then I'll give my pick in the National League. Freddie Freeman for the National League, plus 140. Mm. Another one. Crazy, crazy tight. This could be anyone. Uh, 1656, 315, 407 on base percentage. Pretty good. Um, uh, Nolan Arenado, you know, the I don't know. Larry Walker won it all those years. Galarraga. But I have a problem with the Rockies guys who put up the big numbers. 21-59-306. It really could be Max Scherzer's year. Ten for both. 10-4, like I said, 0.85 whip, 204 ERA. He could win both here. He can win MVP and Cy Young. Uh, don't count him out. But my pick, my pick is the Dodgers to win the uh, NL West. They're two and a half back of Arizona. They're plus 125. I think they've had the best record in baseball since the middle of May. They're 28 and 13 over the last 41. And look, they had they've had injuries. All the whole pitching staff, uh, Kershaw, Hill, Maeda, uh, Rue, they're, they're all healthy now, but they've they've had trouble throughout the year um, staying on the field. The bats are getting hot. Bellinger, four home runs in the last week of June. Turner was a little soft coming back. Three home runs last week in June. I think their bullpen, watch them have, pull a big trade. They'll like pick the carcass of the Marlins or something and get some bull, bullpen help. Um, this Max Muncy at first is 17 homers, 35 RBAs. They have, they have six players with 10 home runs or more. I think Arizona drops a little. Goldschmidt and 
and Clay Buckholtz is carrying them. You can't expect Clay Buckholtz to continue on like that. Um, that's a laugher, I think. And here's the thing with the Dodgers. They finished like a third of their September schedule against the Mets, Reds, and Padres. So that's a nice way to, to end up in September. I like the Dodgers plus 125 to win the National League West. All right. Oh, let's talk about Hotel Tonight real quick. If you love to score amazing deals and incredible hotels, you'll love Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight partners with hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, helping you find sweet deals at cool, top-rated hotels. Hotel Tonight shows you the best deals at hotels you actually want to stay at. No more scrolling through endless lists of choices. Even though their name's Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last-minute bookings. No, no. You can book in advance. Perfect for planners and procrastinators alike. Hotel Tonight is perfect for spontaneous weekend getaways, staycations, three-day weekends, road trips, business bookings, and more. It's so easy to use. Book hotels in 10 seconds in just three taps and a swipe. And there's even the HT Perks program, where the more you book, the better the deals get. I'll tell you, this this next week, we are going to be in Dallas, me and the trifecta, and Tate, and we got our rooms through Hotel Tonight. And it all worked out so far. I don't expect any problems. Get their Hotel Tonight app now to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. That's Hotel Tonight, the only booking app you need. All right, we're back against all odds. All right, this brings us to one of my favorite segments. So many segments, but sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the degenerate trifecta and I, we set sail tackling fake gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events. And, you know, in a couple of weeks, the Major League All-Star Game comes to D.C. So in the spirit of mixing baseball and politics, this week's make-believe prop is which Major League Baseball mascot would make for the best president of the United States? Is it Mr. Met at 5-2, to two, Philly Fanatic 4-1, to one, the Pirate Parrot at 6-1, to one, or you could take the field, any other mascot, at 8-1? to one. Harry, let's start with you. I'm going to go with the Philly Fanatic at 4-1. to one. I think he would make a great present. Just turned 40 and is a true pioneer of mascotting. <laughs> like in 1988, when the Fanatic stomped the life out of a blow-up doll dressed as then-manager of uh, the Dodgers, Tommy Lasorda. Oh. He even did a MasterCard commercial with his arch-rival, Mr. Met, in 2013. If elected, the Fanatic is a take-charge type of leader would really make America great again. I'll take the Philly fanatic at four to one. All right. Okay. I think, I think he's, uh, he might have heart issues though, Harry. He's a big, he's a little dumpy, you know, I don't know how long he's going to stay with us, but all right. Uh, <laughs> Brother Bry, who do you like? Yeah, I'm going Mr. Met. He, he, he's the symbol of all mascots, right? I, without him, there probably wouldn't be any other mascots. Mm-hmm. He's a perfect age right now to be president. He's 56 years old. That seems like right right around where you should be. Right. He's very stoic. Never, never shows his emotions. This guy, he has the ability to remain calm in times of crisis. I mean, we know how bad, what a mess the Mets have been. So, mm-hmm. and, and the thing is you'd even get your first lady with Mrs. Met. So I think he'd, he'd be a perfect fit as president of the United States. All right. Do you agree? Parlay kid. Sal, I don't agree. I'm going with the field at eight to one and coming out of a two year retirement is the greatest mascot of all time, the San Diego Chicken. Ooh. Sally started one of our favorite shows growing up, the baseball bunch oh, with right. Johnny Bench. You remember that? Sure. Yeah. And as of a few years ago, was reported to have made more than fifty one hundred appearances in over nine hundred facilities all over the world. <laughs> the chicken was named one of the most 
powerful people in sports for the 20th century. People by the sporting news. Wow. He was inducted into the Shrine of Eternals with others like Jim Abbott, Yogi Berra, and Roberto Clemente in 2011. Beloved by all and hated by none, except by maybe the Chicago Bulls cheerleader he injured while tackling on the court in 1991. Oh, yeah. The San Diego Chicken would galvanize the country and possibly the world. Take the San Diego Chicken and win big clucks. I mean, bucks. <laughs> Eight to one odds for the San Diego Chicken. Haven't served you right. Johnny Bench in the cabinet. I like it. Listen, I'm going with Brother Bry here. Mr. Met, five to two odds. 2012, he was voted America's favorite mascot. He's missing a finger on both hands. You have to assume it was uh, Vietnam uh, related. He's a, so I'm going to label him a war hero right there and there. And listen, in this day and age, the recipes for success, if you want to be in the Oval Office, you got to be from New York and you have to be willing to give the finger. And that's exactly what Mr. Met has done. And he's going to be, I, I actually think he could win the presidency. This sounds uh, stupid, but I actually think he could win in 2020. Mr. Met, and he keeps quiet too. I like that. Mr. Met as best mascot for president of the United States. All right, that was ridiculous. And it's another week of Captain Morgan's make-believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right, let's go to our best bet. Last week, I wasn't here. Brother Bry, you won. You had Tunisia over two and a half. No, who'd you have? Someone. Senegal. Yeah, Panama, Tunisia over oh. two and a half. We got three We got three within like 60 minutes. So that was nice. That, that was, was nice good. Reason. You were cursing both teams when there was no score with 38 minutes in, but the yep. game came through, right? Yeah, I think we were like 20 minutes in, and okay. I was like, oh, my God, these teams are terrible. Harry, you won as well. Did you have golf? I forgot what you had. No, soccer. No, I you had, had uh, at plus 167, Uruguay. Say it, Harry. Uh, Uruguay, Uruguay. 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 <laughs> anyway, at plus 167, I had them to beat Portugal in regular time. They got two beautiful goals, won the game 2-1. to one, So that's uh, two in a row for me at uh, plus money uh, on, uh, underdog. All right. Parley uh, kid, you, uh, you weren't as lucky. You weren't as lucky <laughs> last week, right? No, Sal. I've been. Who was it? Oh wait, who did I even lose with again? No, you I know what? Know. I took Colombia oh, to yeah. win two to one. Oh right, they won they, one they, uh, What was it? One nothing. They won. So I got the I got the the win right. Score wrong. I try to win big. Two to one at plus uh, eight twenty five. Came in at one nothing. All I, right. I, I, I can't get the soccer stuff right. Well, listen. Redeem yourself and tell me you're not taking soccer again. Yeah. Who is it? Who's this no, week's best bet? I'm staying away from soccer, Sal. My best bet this week. I need a win. I'm guaranteeing a win, Sal. I'm taking the over in uh, three and a half rounds in the Stipe Daniel Cormier fight. Oh. Okay, uh, that's this weekend. So this is what a great card this is going to be. This MMA card, yeah, uh, on Saturday night is going to be fantastic. Okay, I think Brother Bry will even fill you in a little bit more on this in a little bit, uh, Sal. This is going to be a very tactical fight, uh, I think, from both guys. Uh, and people don't realize Cormier was 13-0 and as a heavyweight before making the move down uh, uh-huh. a weight class. And I'm a big Stipe guy myself. Both guys are very good wrestlers. Stipe has never fought against a wrestler as good as Cormier. In fact, I don't think he's ever fought against a wrestler in any of his fights. Uh, so... So I think this is going to be a tactical fight. I think for people that really like MMA and really follow it and study it and understand it, it's going to be a fun fight. 
I think for, for others, it's not going to be a bloodbath. Um, and so I think 3.5 rounds at minus 110 is a really solid bet here. I need a win. Uh, I, I'm very confident in this one. I like that too, brother Bry. You got so you you're figuring it's going to be on the mat. It's going to because because if they go toe to toe and it, are afraid to take each other down, then then you're kind of rolling the dice there with the over, right? Yeah. So you know what I think with this fight though, uh, Cormier is going to come in pretty heavy here, but he's still going to come in in shape. So he's going to kind of be a fat in shape, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a little bit more insulated from some of the punches. Uh, these guys really don't go down. Cormier and Stipe, I don't see a submission happening by the guy. I think there's going to be some mat time. There's going to be some tactical fighting. Uh, and like I said before, I think they're going to fill each other out for the first round at least. Then you got to get by two and a half more rounds. Both guys go to, go the distance quite often. Uh, at least Stipe in his last fight went five rounds. Uh, Cormier has done it on more than one occasion. Like I said before, People think he's making this huge jump up in this weight class. He's fought there. He was thirteen and zero as a heavyweight. Yeah. Before making a move down. Right. So he's gonna. I think he's gonna be okay in this. All right, brother Bry, you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I like the over in that fight. I actually think both guys will be tentative and be on their feet like the whole mm-hmm. time. I, for as good as wrestlers, they both are. I, I doubt. I, I can't picture them wrestling in this match. I think, think they'll be tactical on their feet and. I think probably Stipe comes out on top, probably on a close decision. Okay. And what's your best bet? You're not, is that what, that's not your best bet though, right? No, it's not my best bet, but uh, I will say, all right, so I'm going UFC too. Okay. If for some reason, if Darren or I get UFC wrong this weekend, we have to agree that we can't do UFC for at least <laughs> three or four months. We could talk about it. We could, just can't take it as best We're bet. running but out of sports, guys. I really like... Uh, <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. Well, we're yeah. running. We got after soccer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's left. I mean, yeah, you have, we have. Uh, you're gonna have to. Have, you're gonna have to take baseball first five innings, like Harry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Sal, I love Max Holloway minus one forty five over Brian Ortega. Um, this this to me is definitely the best fight on the card. As much as I love Stipe and that Cormier fight. I, this fight, to me, there's so many variations of what could happen in this fight. But both guys have big streaks coming in. Always won 12 in a row. Ortega's undefeated in the UFC and has won his last six by knockout or submission. But I think Holloway is the significantly better striker. I think he'll be smart enough. He'll know to stay away from Ortega. Sometimes he gets you in weird positions. But I think he'll be smart enough to stay away. And I could see this. I think this too is a good chance this could go the distance, but mm-hmm. I think Holloway's faced a better competition for for many years now. So I think he's just a more experienced guy, especially with his last fights against Aldo. He, he looked fantastic, especially the last one. All but right. I think Ortega looked really good against Frankie Edgar, but I, I don't know. The Edgar fight was like tailor made, I think, for him. So I, I do. Max Holloway is one of my favorites, so I'm sticking with him. There minus 145. Holloway over Ortega, minus 145. Harry, you are not taking UFC, right? Not taking UFC. I'm actually looking at the NBA Summer League. No, joke. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Game. That's one I thing started. we haven't lost on yet. Yeah. <laughs> NBA Summer League. Um, anyways, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to stay with uh, Uruguay to advance over France wow. at plus 180. A poet, and I didn't know it. Uh, at plus 180 on Friday, just to advance. Look, the first first off, 
with Uruguay, they're passing. I mean, you guys, you guys are watching these games. I know they're, they're passing. They're the best team that passes in this in this cup so far. Their passes are on the mark. They have a lot of opportunities to score. Uh, Uruguay, as I said last week, had a knack of jumping on teams early, as they did on maybe the goal of the tournament so far versus Portugal, which gave them a quick one nothing lead first, like seven eight minutes in. In four games now, Uruguay has given up just one goal, and apparently. When the Uruguayan team pulled up to their hotel at the start of the cup, they felt irked and disrespected when the hotel that they were staying at that had the colors of their rival Brazil. But with four wins in a row, they don't care where they sleep. Make it five wins in a row because they are going to win on Mm. Friday against France at plus 180. They're going to move on, Mm. and that'll be three money line plus winners in a row for me. Wow. Uruguay to advance at plus 180 against France. Let me ask you this, Harry. Harry, you still you still like that, Harry? Considering uh, their best player, or one of their top uh, players, I, maybe. Yeah. He's. They said he's playing. He's the guy who scored both goals. Uh, but they said he's Cavelli, and he's. They said he's still playing. So I looked into it today, and I still like him. They're a great team. Somehow Very they underrated. they beat the great Russian team who who toppled Spain three nothing. That's how little this all makes sense. But uh, <laughs> Harry, let's throw some uh, geography your way. Simmons stumped you last week. Let's see. Let's see how uh, well you could do this week. Th- which South American capital boasts the highest altitude of all the world capitals? Lima, Peru. No, that's not right. No, La Paz, <laughs> Bolivia. Come on, you got to brush oh, it up. Bolivia, huh? Well, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the answer. All right, so Harry's going Uruguay. Are you were confident, though? You did. He said it with uh, confidence. Yep. Uh, the Southwest fly to uh, to to uh, what, what did I just say? La Paz. Maybe your girlfriend could hook it up. No. Thank you. They, go to, they do fly to Costa Rica. Okay. <laughs> well, that's where you're going. All right, let me give you He's my... He's not letting you go there, Harry. <laughs> that's right. My best bet, it's 102nd annual Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. I did a hidden camera uh, bet nice. for Jimmy Come Alive at Nathan's uh, last year. They were very good to me right on uh, Coney Island. Got a couple bits out of it. Um, hoping, to, hoping to make a couple bucks. Joey Chestnut's a favorite, minus 600 and he goes from anywhere from minus 400 to minus 750, wow. depending on where you get it. Um, Bovada has props on how many hot dogs the winning uh, eater will devour. And it opened at 68 and a half, even odds. And now, if you want over 68 and a half, at least on Bovada, it's minus 750. Minus 750 for over wow. 68 and a half. It opened a week ago uh, at oh. even. Uh, Chestnut ate 72 last year, 70 the year before. The over has gone, it's gone over three straight years. He's probably going to run away with this. Brother Bry, was it last year or the year before you had a crazy bet on the under and it went over by like a half a hot dog in the last millisecond? It was a half and it was stuck in his mouth. I totally totally forgot that until you mentioned that. Was that that last year? He had like two hot dogs in his mouth and he didn't finish swallowing yet, which was bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But here, here's the thing. You can go 68 and a half or you could go 70 and a half. The over is minus 190. The under is plus 145. I'm going under here. I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I don't know why this is not going to be fun to root for. I'm going to be devastated at the end, I'm sure, but I'm going under yeah. 70 and a half hot dogs consumed, which would have won seven of the last eight 
this decade. Now, like I said, he had 72 last year. He had 70 the year before. Before that, the winner had 62, 61, 69, 68, 62, nice. and 54. I think there's value in the under 70 and a half hot dogs. Yep. I don't think he needs to break his record like that. That's what he was talking about last year. I'm going to break my record. And sure enough, he did. Now he's just going to cruise. He has uh, he has Matt Stoney, who was on this yep. podcast last year, not very sure of himself. For someone who was like a two and a half to one to, to win this thing, he was like, oh, no, he's got this YouTube channel. He's, he's more into that now. This Sincati could sneak sneak up on uh, on uh, Joey Chestnut, but it doesn't matter to me. I'm not betting Joey Chestnut. I'm betting that the winner will eat under 70 and a half hot dogs at plus 145. And that'll be my second yeah. best bet in a row. All right. I think nice. we have winners this week, guys. I think we go at least three and one. Let's do hey, it. Hey, Sal, yeah. if, I could, if I could help you out with that too, sure. for the listeners, it is sweltering here in New York, Sal. Yeah. It is so hot. Mm. And I think you're right. I think that helps the under. It always is. It, it, always, know, looks, so. it always looks so miserable there. It's 100 degrees. and there's. Oh, but it's hotter uh, now than it's been in a while, Sal. It really? It's hot. It's going right. to be a little cooler Wednesday. It's still going to feel like 95, though, so. All right. Yeah. And there's a thousand, thousand people packed into that the little area there. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. All right. Yep. That's it, guys. Harry, where could everyone find you? you can find me at AAO Harry. AAO Harry, Brother Bry. At the Brother Bry. And Parley Kid. At the Chalk Talker. And screw you, John Tavares. <laughs> John Tavares. Yeah, the parlay kid lost that bet. He bet it was a sentimental pick that Tavares was going to sign back with the Islanders, yeah. but he went to his hometown, Toronto, right? Yeah, which was plus 500, Sal. Oh, my gosh. Now it seems so easy. Toronto's we should have been all more. over that for him to go back to Toronto. Yes. Damn it. And Harry's boss, Ken, is never, ever, ever going to let us forget it either. He said Toronto uh, all the way. Nope. Um, you could see Harry's boss, Ken. You could see Harry. You could see me, Brother Brian, and the parlay kid, and uh, Tate. We'll be at the National Fantasy Football Convention in Dallas, July 14th. I'll be appearing in a mock draft on stage with Matthew Berry. And then we're planning on doing podcasts all day on the 14th, Saturday. Come by and say hi. I'm even giving away tickets, nine tickets to whoever could email me at odds at gmail.com. Tell me why Tony Romo was the best quarterback of all time. You know what? You could say Cowboys quarterback. I'll, 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 I'll give you that much. You won't have to dig that deep. And uh, I'll give away nine tickets. And that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live 11.35 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for Sal on the Degenerate Trifecta. So long and happy handicapping. Na, na, na.